This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. About that time where Mike Tannenbaum joins us on the program. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning, guys, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Good morning. Yeah, happy thank- happy belated Thanksgiving. Hopefully, I, I mean, and I didn't even I even say that to you, Matthias. We, we've been on the show for two hours now, Mike. I apologize. <laughs> Hopefully, everybody out there had a, had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I had a I had my my tree decorating party last night, so I was like, I, I never understand people who go out and get a Christmas tree like the night before Christmas Eve, or I, I don't like. I love having I love having the tree up as long as possible. So I try to get it like right after Thanksgiving. So do do you have your tree up, Kiwi? No, but we're getting we're doing a real tree this year. So we're actually after we get off the who, show, we're gonna go down and pick it up. Who doesn't do a real tree? Why wouldn't you? Don't do you love? Don't you love the smell? The way it makes your house smell? Yeah, yeah, but it, it, it's a lot of work. So I, do I don't, you, I don't if, if, if somebody wants to decorate a, a fake tree and every year and put it up, I'm, I'm okay with that. But I think uh, with the kids, you know, eight and 10, this is, these are the years. This is the year. These are the, um, this is the year. Yep. Uh, Mike, do you have a Hanukkah bush? Uh, no, we don't. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 okay. no Hanukkah bush, no Christmas tree. Just, uh, you know, more of the traditional Hanukkah menorah. Okay. That, I, that, listen, that's cool. That's so I'm I, I'm half Jewish. That's how we got away with it, right? For for the Jewish part of the family, we called it a Hanukkah bush, right? So it, white lights, blue blue bulbs. That's how we rolled. Anyway, uh, happy holidays to everybody out there. By the way, this portion of the show brought to you by uh, a Chris Cold Bud Light. When you open it up, you know it's game day, so make sure you enjoy responsibly. New York Game Day on ESPN brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management. For a pain-free life, visit SamuelPain.com. Also uh, brought to you by uh, Eisner Amper. Eisner Amper develops winning game plans for businesses moving forward together. EisnerAmper.com. Without Further ado, um, let's get your conversation. Let's get into the conversation. Let's get your opinion, your thoughts on Zach Wilson being benched for Mike White today. Um, the White Knight to the rescue that is on the back of the post today here in New York. Uh, Mike, your thoughts. Yeah, Robert Sala made the only decision he could have made, which was to not allow Zach Wilson dr- to dress. And here's why. And, you know, I've been fortunate to be with NFL teams for over 22 years. And I try to bring our listeners to places where ordinarily they couldn't get to. And the most successful players and especially quarterbacks are the ones that have a maniacal preparation and attention to detail. Um, So much so that, you know, for years guys like Peyton Manning would want a practice squad quarterback who was single that could literally like move into the facility. There were years in my career where, I worked for Bill Belichick, and there were people in the scouting department that would just look at tape to look for tendencies is next, you know, in terms of run or pass by formation, stances, things like that. And for Zach Wilson to earn his way back onto the field, guys, he's going to have to show a maniacal level of preparation, meaning that he should be given a scouting report this week about the Chicago Bears, where if there's a nickel corner on the Bears practice squad who gave up a double move his junior year, 
That's what I'm talking about, mm. where he knows more about their opponents than anybody on the planet, period. And the story, and Kiwi, you know this as a former player. Mm-hmm. Players know who's prepared and who's not and who's taking mm-hmm. shortcuts. And I don't need to ask anybody in the Jets facility. I just could watch Zach Wilson play to know that he does not have the requisite maniacal level of preparation to be a high-level quarterback. And when you don't do that, you don't earn a jersey. Like, to play football on Sundays in the NFL is a privilege, and he didn't earn it. And I give Robert Sal credit for this, guys, and this is very fundamental. He just, in my opinion, prevented hundreds of problems because if he allowed him to play after not being held accountable and what he said afterwards – he would have lost control of the team. So I'd rather lose a player but still have my program, and I give Robert Sala credit for that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I I said it earlier. You know, um, you know, I I give credit to this this Jets organization and and why I, I want to have this conversation with you, Mike. And and that is, you know, this is an organization that drafted Zach Wilson number two overall. And and let's just take a look. Let's just go back and, and look at that draft class, right? Trevor Lawrence gone first. Who went after Zach Wilson? Trey Lance, okay, I, I, not for me. Uh, Kyle Pitts, unfortunately, bad offense in Atlanta, not accentuating his talent and his ability. Now he's on IR. Jamar Chase, fifth to the Cincinnati Bengals. Jalen Waddell, um, J.C. Horn to the Panthers at eight. Sertan to the Denver Broncos at nine. Devontae Smith to the Eagles at ten. Justin Fields, who we've seen really turn the corner this season for the Chicago Bears at 11. Michael Parsons, I think how he fell to the Dallas Cowboys at 12. I get that he had some locker room issues at Penn State, but damn, um, how does that happen? Uh, Mac Jones, who I know you and I like at 15, fell to the Patriots. So just to kind of give you an idea of of some of the the, the top talent that we know has already um, proven their worth in the NFL, that the Jets uh, decided to go with Zach Wilson, Uh, you know, as an organization, and and you know this as a general manager, you make the wrong choice, especially at two. Mike sets your organization back. Uh, just just how how big of a deal is it that because you said I see. Here's the thing, Kiwi and I don't think that Zach Wilson's going to get his job back. I I think they win today. I, I just I, I don't know. I I think it's going to be more than preparation. Like I I just don't think he has it. Uh, so you know how does an, how does how does an organization with Joe D and, and, and Robert Sala, who's already hitched their wagon to Zach Wilson. Um, you know, bigger picture here. How do you see this unfolding? Yeah, well, as Bill Parcells would say, winning is the great deodorant in football. It covers up everything else that stinks. So if the Jets go to the playoffs with Joe Flacco, Mike White, or anybody else not named Zach Wilson, it doesn't matter. That's all that people are going to care about. If they don't make the playoffs and Zach Wilson doesn't play, that's a different story. So to me... If they could go beat the Bears today, you know, like the key thing about football nowadays especially is with enhanced scrutiny for player safety, which is totally appropriate, it's who you play this week, right? So if we're playing the Rams, it's a different story if Matt Stafford's in or out. If you're playing the Bears, it's a lot different playing Trevor Simeon than it is Justin Fields. So you can win today. And again, I think Mike White just has to manage the game, not turn the ball over. And it'll be his job to lose because the Jets have a playoff caliber defense. So to me, this is one week at a time. But I want Zach Wilson to know that 9.15 a.m. Wednesday morning, you are presenting the opponent's scouting report for next week's opponent. And I guarantee you guys, I promise you 1,000% that next Wednesday's level of preparation in that scouting report is going to be a heck of a lot better than it's been in the past because he's been on scholarship and he wasn't being held accountable. And now that he is... I promise you, fear does the work of reason, and his preparation will be a lot better. 
So wait a minute. You you think they're going to go back to Zach Wilson next I, week I, no, no, against I'm Minnesota? Saying, I'm, I'm saying that he'll have the opportunity to start earning it back based on his level of preparation because his talent is obviously a lot more than Mike White's. I think they're going to win today with Mike White, and I think he'll stay. I think both things can be true, Anita, just to clarify. I think they, they can win with Mike White, and I think we'll see Zach Wilson improve behind the scenes. See, I think it's I think it's far worse than preparation. Kiwi? No, uh, my question is, at what point do you need to start making decisions to move on from mm-hmm. Zach Wilson? And, exactly. and what goes into that? Or is that already being discussed behind the scenes? I mean, I know that we, we've we heard Robert Salah come out and say that, you know, this is an opportunity for him to, to reset. But I, in my opinion as a player, if you put him back in, you're going to – lose some of the momentum that's already you know that's that that's that's been going on right so i understand you know from your perspective you know from the gm's standpoint you've made a decision number two overall there's a lot at stake here at what point do you start making moves to move on from him yeah well from a gm's perspective you have that list every day like who your next video director could be who your next coach could be who your next college scouting director is because you have to be prepared for somebody moving on getting hit by the proverbial bus and what comes from the quarterback position, guys, it's it's every day, all day. Like, you you may think about, hey, can we now get Hendon Hooker in the second round because he tore his ACL? Um, those are the things you're thinking about every day. And just to add to the layer of intrigue, especially in our market, guys, one of the million reasons that the Giants need to sign Daniel Jones or franchise him is he'll just walk across the street and sign with the Jets. Like, you could go sign Daniel Jones and go draft somebody else. Like, the verb is scour. You need to scour every day for a quarterback. So, to me, those conversations were ha- happening all along about Zach Wilson. If they could go get Daniel Jones and pay him whatever that number is, $25, 28000000 million a year, mm-hmm. and then try to draft his replacement, that's where the Jets would probably be in a better situation a year from now with Jones and a draft choice than just holding on to Zach Wilson. But what, but what about the financial implications? Because he was drafted number two overall. When do you start? When do you? What do you have to do? Do you have to start having conversations with other teams about moving him? Like, how do you? How do you rectify that situation? Yeah, you you just you you budget for his dead money. You cut your losses and then let somebody else maybe take him for, you know, a fourth round pick that thinks they could resurrect him. You know, maybe it's a team like San Francisco. So for example, if San Francisco moves on from Jimmy G and goes back to Trey Lance. Um, you know, a team that does a great job of this, like to me, is a team like Baltimore, where I can see Baltimore trading, you know, a fourth round pick for Zach Wilson or taking a, a player like Hendon Hooker who could develop behind Lamar Jackson. You know, there'll be some franchise that could redshirt one of these guys and try to develop them because, you know, like we're seeing around the league, like if you don't have depth at the quarterback position, it's really hard to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, and, 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 Kiwi and I had this discussion before. I just I want to throw these names out to you, Mike, uh, in regard to some of the free agent quarterbacks that, that potentially could be available this coming season, this coming off season. Tom Brady, of course, who we know has signed that very lucrative deal with, with Fox, so we're expecting him to retire this year. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, Case Keenum, Mason Rudolph, Jacoby Brissett, who's done a fine job filling in. For Gino, for uh, for Deshaun Watson, Geno Smith, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, who's been starting, of course, uh, with the Saints. Mike White will be a free agent as well. Taylor Heineke, who's changed pretty much has changed uh, everything about Washington and, and making them a contender in that division. Lamar Jackson, I don't, I I think the Ravens would be foolish to let him go. Um, I'm trying to think. Here's another one. 
that I really like, and, and that is Gardner Minshew. <clears throat> I know he's the backup in, in, in Philadelphia, and they're not going to trade him this year because, God forbid, anything happens to Jalen Hurts. They want another guy who can step in and potentially win some games for you, i.e. Nick Foles from the year that they didn't win the Super Bowl. But he's going to be a free agent, and he's dying to, to, to have an opportunity to be a starting a starter again in the NFL. I actually like Minshew a lot. But with, with those names that I just mentioned, who do you think realistically – uh, is going to be available and could have a shot of becoming the Jets' next starting quarterback? Uh, you know, for me, again, I would go back to Daniel Jones. Um, I think he's probably the best player of the group that you just mentioned. Minshew's interesting. I think that's a really interesting idea, Anita. Like that, I think those guys would all give them a better chance to win. Even mm-hmm. a guy like Taylor Heinke probably gives them a better chance than Zach Wilson. The problem with him is he does have some turnover proclivities as well. So, um, they will have options. The bar is pretty low. They're not getting good play out of the quarterback. Like they've won a lot of games despite their quarterback play. So I think the bar for improvement is actually low for the Jets. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. By the way, getting you up to speed on the World Cup. Costa Rica upset Japan earlier this morning, 1-0. Morocco upset Belgium. A lot of upsets in this World Cup. Gosh, I'm loving it so much. Morocco 2, Belgium 0. Morocco scored both their goals in the second half. Canada and Croatia are about to uh, kick off, no pun intended, at 11 a.m. I do like Canada. I think uh, the oddsmakers are underestimating Canada. Uh, they're just uh, they're a really fun team to watch. And uh, in Croatia is is at average age one of the oldest teams uh, in this tournament. And last but not least, my favorite play today is Spain over Germany. The Spaniard team beat Costa Rica seven nil. Six players scored goals. They've got great chemistry. Uh, they have arguably one of the best managers in Germany. Keep in mind they lost to Japan, who, like I said, lost to Costa Rica today. And because of that, um, Germany is going to have to be uber aggressive. And what happens when you are uber aggressive on the offensive side of the ball, you, you are suspect and leave yourself open on the defensive side of the ball. And you could get Spain to win straight up against Germany at plus 145. I think it's taking candy from a baby. It's my favorite play today in the World Cup. Without hey, further ado, it's time. Anita, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Uh, on Anything. behalf of all of our listeners, you know, our listeners are out mm-hmm. there enjoying their bagels. You know, some of them are having, you know, some you know spicy pumpkin latte or something like that, but ooh, how, ooh, how that go, sounds yummy. How, how do you go through your preparation for your World Cup assessment? I'm dying to know. But like, why do you why are you so convicted about Canada or Spain? I just and and in full transparency, I've been telling people this um, since the World Cup started. I, I don't watch any soccer, but um, I love I, I love the patriotism behind the World Cup. Um, mm. I love the passion. Um, I, I, I love the energy. I love everything about it. And so uh, probably for the last month, I, I've been doing a deep dive in, in regard to, to preparation and I'm reading a lot. I'm, I'm watching a lot of analytics, uh, videos and analysis. And, um, I just, I do a deep dive into these. So, but thank you, thank you for, um, I, I get it. realizing, there, a lot of, thank you, there's, thank you, thank you for realizing my conviction. I like it. I like when people take strong stands. <laughs> I, I like that you noticed my conviction in my Spain in my Spain bet. Harvey, by the way, we've got Tom and Harvey who produced the show. Harvey's really big into soccer. Um, Harvey, do you like my Spain prediction beating Germany outright? Um, I do love it. It is my pick as well. 
And I'm not. They're not going to put seven past Germany the same way they put past uh, Costa Rica. But I do like them to win mm-hmm. here today as well. Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, you know, this this round, Mike, it's about them getting out of the group. And the only way Germany gets out of their group is if they win today. So they're going to be uber aggressive again, which is going to expose them, leave them a little bit more wide open on the defensive side of the ball. In Spain, they have so many strikers; they're just so good. Anyway, be, enough about. Beat, uh, wait, are we, are we going to beat Iran on Tuesday? No, no. Really? Why? Why is <laughs> Here's that? what's going to happen. This is this is what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be a draw. And then I don't think the United States is going to get out of out of the group. Harvey, agree or disagree? I agree. They don't score, Mike. Uh, yeah. They don't have. They yeah. can connect passes. Are we well talking and, about the Jets or Team USA? Uh, both. They <laughs> both don't score at all. <laughs> So that it's it's unfortunate. I I mean I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I'm going to be at some local watering hole here in Hoboken. I've got a whole group. Uh, we're going to be out on Tuesday watching it. That's for sure. But uh, I just I, I have uh, my guts telling me it's going to be a draw against Iran, and uh, and unfortunately the United States doesn't get out of the group. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, it is time for Mike Tannenbaum's bomb of the week, brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management. Okay, gentlemen. Bomb is about to be dropped. It's Tannenbaum's right. Bomb of the Week. Here we go. All right, Mike, what's your Bomb of the Week, dude? I'll tell you what, guys. We're, I'm going to talk about a team we should talk a lot more about, the Tennessee Football Titans, 27-17 mm-hmm. over the Bengals. All this team Woo-hoo! was a year ago was the number one seed in the AFC. They've had decimated by injuries, and here they are knocking on the door again. They dismantled... Green Bay, when we all thought Green Bay was back after they beat Dallas, and Mike Vrabel doesn't get the credit he deserves, nor Derrick Henry, and I think we're sleeping on this really, really good Tennessee Titan team, a team no one's going to want to play in the playoffs. They're going to probably clinch the division in in the next 10 minutes. You know, it's them and everybody else in the South, and uh, I just think they're a really intriguing team. They're really hard to beat, and I like them today soundly over the Bengals. I love it. It's part of my best bet, which, by the way, I know I know you like to give me, you know, some, you know, you like to give me a hard Ajita. time. I'd say, right? You like to give me a hard time. I'd say something else, but it's a family show. But, um, <laughs> but um, I, I'm I'm one in five the last two weeks. But here's what the positive is: I'm 23 and 10 on the season, and but it's it's time to get back on track. So my locks of the week: Tennessee is one of them. Tennessee plus one. I, these guys are are playing crazy mad. For, uh, for Vrabel, no Mixon, no Jamar Chase today. Um, I, I love Tennessee. I also have the Chargers, minus two and a half against the Cardinals, and I love Seattle, minus four against the Raiders. Those are my three locks of the week, by the way. So Tennessee is one of them. You'd be happy to know. Is Iran uh, going a scoreless tie against U.S.? Is that one of them as well? I, I, I don't have that. I don't have that. And that's tomorrow. This is today. Uh, and that's Mike Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week, brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management. For a pain-free life, visit samuelpain.com today. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. USA and Iran are playing, are playing on Tuesday. Uh, listen, before we continue to talk about the Jets, and, and we do have some calls, I want to get to you guys. Artie, you'll be first up in Brooklyn, 800-919-3776. Um, there we go. 800-919. That's the number, Tom. Uh, <laughs> In the break, I was like, Tom, what's what's our number? Um, 800-919, because I have a friend who wants to call in. 
800-919-3776. That's it. Um, let, let's take a look at what, what, what happened with the Giants, by the way. Unfortunately, they've lost two straight. Uh, one to the Detroit Lions, which, by the way, I found out, like, the entire offense was sick. They were vomiting. They were rushing to the toilet. It was a, it was a complete, should I say, poop show? It, it, that's exactly what it was. Uh, against the Lions two weeks ago, they lost 31-18. to 18. And then they went to Dallas, still not 100%. And so for players who were not sick against the Detroit Lions, were sick uh, against the Dallas Cowboys, not to mention uh, they just didn't have very many, many warm bodies. They had uh, just a plethora of injuries that took place, of course, uh, in that Lions game. So they've lost two straight. My question to you, Mike, is can they win another game this season? Uh, two games still against the Commanders. Uh, two games still against the Eagles. And they're at the Vikings and the Colts. Like, okay, the Colts possibly, but like, this is arguably the most difficult schedule remaining of any team in the NFL for the Giants. And and they just, they have a lot of injuries going on. What say you, Mike Tannenbaum? Yeah, they can. Look, um, Brian Dayball's done a great job. Uh, actually, I'll be at MetLife next week doing the game with Steve Levy uh, when they play Ooh. the Commanders. So looking forward to that. And um, absolutely, they can win that game. So, I think they should go out and try to sign OBJ. I would have done it a month ago. We've talked about it before, but whoever's going to sign him, you you want him in the building ASAP. You can help manage and supervise his rehab, which I'm sure is going fine. But more importantly, have him go to the meetings, have him go to the walkthroughs, the practices, so he can hit the ground running. And they need another element on the outside. And look, I don't know if this would have changed the whole game, but you know that game against Dallas, the uh, lineman downfield, which was the right call, even mm-hmm. though it didn't impact the game. Uh, even though it didn't impact the play, it was the right call. Um, but, you know, you never know what would have happened if that penalty didn't happen. So give Brian Dayball credit. I think they'll be in every game. I think they're going to have to be low-scoring games. But that's why I think if I'm them, I'm saying OBJ to a three-year deal, by the way, guys. I don't see him as a Band-Aid. I see him as a long-term solution. We know they're going to have to add a receiver next year anyway, so why not start now? Um, here, Here's the thing. I think OBJ is looking to to latch on to a team that has a better chance of winning a Super Bowl, and I think we're all in agreement here that the Dallas Cowboys are in a better situation winning a Super Bowl this season than 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 the Giants. Uh, we've got a full bank of calls. Artie, you will be first up, 800-919-3776. Artie, Allen, and then Glenn. We'll get to your calls next. Again, I'm Anita Marks uh, on with, of course, the wonderful and fabulous uh, Mike Tannenbaum and Matthias Kiwanuka, giant great Super Bowl champion. Maybe one, one of these days you'll let me wear your ring. Uh, more to come. 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Um, without further ado, uh, let's head out to our phone lines, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Artie in Brooklyn. Artie, you're up. Welcome in. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Um, Same to you. Mike, before I go, before I go my uh, rant and ramble, I want to know – you took Sanchez, first quarterback, first year, two AFC. Then he didn't develop the way we all thought he was going to develop, right? And you could you, all these different things, injuries. Maybe who who knows if he didn't get hurt in the spring, in the preseason, he could have taken that that same team that Geno Smith took to the playoffs or whatever. My question is, what you would have done different to help him develop? Was it the firing of the offensive coordinator or things like that? Okay. And then, um, and then as far as the, the uh, Mike White thing, look, I know Sally didn't have a choice, okay? It, but the, what bothers me is that, yeah, he misspoke and he had a terrible second half. 
Everybody says about how bad the net yards, two yards. I think he threw the ball ten times. Okay, and there's a skill to throwing the ball in the way. He missed Berrios by and uh, and Mims on the outside throw. If you look at that third down and one play before the kick, he has Elijah Moore wide open in the middle of the field for like a five-yard throw. He doesn't see him because of his progression. I think what happened was he was looking at the tight end, and then he was so gung-ho about getting the, the defense back, he stared down and threw a 40-yard pass to Carter for a negative two. That pass got him benched. Because if, if they get the first down, I'm convinced that they lose that game in overtime, there's none of this, okay? All I know is is that the players go on Twitter, they dog him, they, they don't play, and then you can't start him fearing that you're going you're gonna to play bad against the best. This is a must-win game, so White gives you the best chance. Me as a Jets fan, all these fans are calling up. Mike White is not our answer, okay? And he is like, uh, he's going to manage, he is the manager, okay? He's the manager of the game. I know uh, Mike loves Jimmy G. I think that would be the choice if if they don't get Zach back and he doesn't show that he could be the guy for the future. When he left that Pittsburgh game, I thought that this was the guy. He led us to victory, come back, and then it all, I mean, and you haven't seen that since. You have all these games to show if Wilson's got the goods. Now you're wasting one game I don't. I, I disagree. I just already. I disagree with you. I, I disagree with you. Uh, I know. You. But I know. So, right. uh, so this is this is this is this is more than that microcosm of you know Zach Wilson not seeing an open wide receiver. Uh, this has been weeks in the making. But Mike, uh, if if you want to respond to Artie's question, yeah, Artie, uh, appreciate the passion. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I could have done better. You know, going back with Mark Sanchez, I think having some. Better players consistently on the outside. You know, we, we had some in spurts with San Antonio Holmes, Braylon Edwards, but I think addressing that position uh, in a more comprehensive way would have certainly helped with his development. Maybe another really good receiving tight end. Um, one of the things about Mark, though, and then we'll get quickly to Zach Wilson, and Rex Ryan said it more than once this week on, on ESPN, but I think it bears repeating. I think one of the things that always endeared Mark to the franchise, his teammates especially, was when things went well, it was always because we had a great offensive line. Damian Woody, Alan Fanica, the Brickishaw Ferguson, Nick Mangle. When things went wrong, it was always his fault. And I think the juxtaposition of the way Zach Wilson answered that question after the game last week mm-hmm. certainly hurt from a benefit of the doubt. And now moving forward to me, I would play Mike White this week just because I think he gives you the best chance to win. Again, just given some of the recklessness in Zach Wilson's game. And what I mean by that is your defense is playing so good you, you don't want to give your opponent a short field. And then, you know, as it relates to the offseason, yeah, I, I would consider all options, including Jimmy G. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Allen in New Jersey. Allen, welcome in. Hey, thanks for taking the call. For us, a couple of things. First, a comment. Anita, I agree with you that the body of work for, for Zach has been 20 games now, and he has at best had a couple of games where he's serviceable, but overall – We've seen a lot, and um, I, honestly, at this point in time, I'm more convinced that Zach is not the answer than that Mike White is. Maybe Mike White isn't, but we'll, we'll find out. But, Mike, uh, the question I have for you is, with a, with a, a second-round, you know, highly uh, touted uh, pick, second overall pick in the draft, uh, sorry, uh, as in Zach, at what point 
do you sort of have to move on with things? I mean, I know people are talking about a reset. Frankly, I don't know what to reset when, when Salah said that. I thought it was a gratuitous comment because he has, I don't, I, I'm trying to look back and say what, reset to where. But mm-hmm. when you look at, at, at this, is it, is it enough information now or do you still wait? I know it's not science here, but how much, when do you sort of have to sort of move on? Yeah, it's a great question because the quarterback position, you know, sometimes we get spoiled by Patrick Mahomes um, and some of these other quarterbacks that just come in and are great right away. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers played seven games in three years. Eli Manning struggled. You know, Geno Smith obviously is a huge aberration, but we've seen Tua get better this year. We've seen Jalen Hurts get better. And worst case scenario for the Jets isn't that Zach Wilson isn't a good player. Worst case scenario is he's a great player for somebody else. So, I think you got to give them the benefit of the doubt, but how you get that, again, is you earn it. And my sense is, by them making him third string, is he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt. And to me, that's where it starts. And once you get the intangibles cleaned up, I think you have a much better sense of the on-field performance. But you got to fix, to me, and Kiwi, like, I'm sure I'd like to get your perspective, but, like, as a former player, like, to me, it begins by earning the respect of your teammates, doesn't it? Absolutely. And and that was something that we said earlier, and I'm glad that you touched on it, which is that I could actually understand the difficulties of playing quarterback position and the struggles that he's going through. And if they wanted to give him another shot or even you just rest him for a week and, and decide to bring him back just based on his play on the field, I'm talking about his comment at the podium when they asked him specifically, do you feel as though you let the defense down? I thought that was a no-brainer. It was an opportunity for him to ingratiate himself with that locker room and say, hey, listen, you know what? Like, like I'll take this one. You know, I need to get better and show some humility. The arrogance and the way that he, he portrayed, like, his disinterest in, you know, you know, accepting any accountability. I feel like he lost the locker room, and that's the problem that I have. Like, players are going to struggle. Even number two overall picks are going to struggle in this league. It is not easy to just go out there. And I, I understand. We've been spoiled. Quarterbacks are now expected to come in and play where – they used to be sitting for a year or maybe two to, to try to understand um, the difference and, and how to adjust. But no, it's about being a man. It's about being accountable and it's about being a member of the team. And I think the, the callers, I, I get what you're saying. You know, his play did not just his play itself did not warrant him being relegated to the third string, but his lack of accountability and the way that he handled that question specifically, which probably has, you know, inside that locker room, it's probably not the only time that they've seen that kind of behavior. That's what put him there, in my opinion. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Let's get to Glenn. Glenn, got to make it quick. We only have about eight minutes in this segment. So, but I wanted to get you on. I know you've been holding on. Yeah. Got a question for you guys. I'll make this quick. And it's more for Mike, I suppose, from an organizational structure standpoint. Who makes the decision, that initial decision to bench Zach Wilson? Is it coming from Robert Sala? Hello? Yeah, so I would say Yeah, we're, that, we're listening. Thank yep. you for the call. Is, is it coming from Robert Sala or is it coming from Joe Douglas down onto the field? You know, decisions like that, typically you'd want to go through the head coach in terms of playtime, but... You're not going to make a transformational decision without talking to ownership, who obviously has ultimate say, and, and your GM. And 
Um, I believe Joe Douglas has final say on everything there, so ultimately it'd be him. But typically, 95% of the time, any sort of like playtime decision will be handled by the head coach. But something like this will certainly be signed off by all parties, head coach, GM, and owner. And, you know, um, you bring up an interesting point, and I mentioned this earlier in the, the week, but Robert Sala was t- two hours late for his Monday press conference. And unfortunately for me, I've been in that building on Mondays when there's been hard decisions and Typically, when your head coach is late, something's coming down the pike. And um, even though they didn't announce it for a day or two, I, I knew right then and there with a two-hour delay that clearly they had made made a, a very significant decision and made a change. All right, gentlemen, uh, we've got about six minutes left in the show. Thank God that we have only one game uh, to give a prediction on, and that is the the Jets going up against the uh, the Chicago Bears. Again, the the uh, active inactive list comes out in about 40 minutes, but Adam Schefter and a number of other uh, reporters are saying that uh, Justin Fields is not going to play. That means it's going to be Simeon and uh, Nate Peterson uh, against this Jets defense. With that being said, Mike, let's start with you. What's your score? What's your prediction? And I'm going to tell you why. It is the New York Jets 14, the, uh, the Chicago Bears 10, and it's because the best corner in the building today will be honored at halftime Darrell Rivas, and he will inspire that great Jet defense to play great today. And they're going to win despite, uh, I would say, average to above-average quarterback play. But this will be a very low-scoring game, one in which the Jet defense will uh, should dominate. That's a really low score. Um, Kiwi? That was a good plug for Darrell Rivas in there. Um, I have the Jets 27. <laughs> <laughs> Bears 13. Couldn't help myself. Hey, hey, I like it. I'm loyal too. Um, Jets 27, Bears 13. I, I think it'll probably be a low-scoring game for the majority of it, but the Jets are just going to have so many more opportunities because this Jets defense is going to present them uh, with those opportunities. And I think at the end they'll they'll squeeze out a couple of um, field goals there. But um, you know, I believe in the Jets. And like I said before, it's more about let, let's make this a defensive-minded team and let's be talking about how good this Jets defense is going forward. See, okay, so I've got 27-10. So we're, we're just three points off there for a number of reasons. I think Mike White is going to come. Keep in mind, guys, he pulled an upset win last season against Cincinnati. He beat the Bills last season um, when he started. I think Mike White is going to come in and just show everybody just how god-awful Zach Wilson is. Um, I, 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 I mean, listen, with Zach Wilson, this team is averaging 5.4 yards per passing play, 29th in the NFL, 35% success rate, and uh, have only scored on eight of his 33 uh, offensive possessions. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, it's not like Mike White has to, like, you know uh, – Pull a pull a, a Patrick Mahomes, but I do believe that we're going to get a better offensive performance. And he's got a lot more weapons he's working with right now. Are you kidding me? So I'm expecting a big game from Garrett Wilson. I'm expecting a big game from Mike Carter. Mike White likes to throw to running backs. Uh, last season, when Mike White was starting, Carter had 29 targets. I'm expecting to see a lot, a, a lot, a lot of the same. I think Carter's going to score. Won't be surprised if both Carter and Robinson score. The Bears defenses have allowed 18 rushing touchdowns. 18 rushing touchdowns this season. No Roquan Smith, no Robert Quinn. In four games, they've given up 142 points. Trust, oh man, stick a fork in them. I lo- like, I'm going to lay the seven. I love this job. I love that they moved to, made the move to Mike White. 
I love this Jets defense. Six sacks, eight QB hits, zero touchdowns against the Patriots mm. last week. I just, uh, man, I just, I, I think the, I think the Jets go to town, man. I think the Jets go to town. I got twenty-seven ten, twenty-seven ten, and those ten points are like garbage time. I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if they pitch a shutout here, guys. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.